I'm not going mad, 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 I'm not going mad. Welcome to Gatekeeper. A podcast about booking from the bookers and gatekeepers who decide who's in, who's out. Also, there's other stuff. And now your host of Gatekeeper, artistic director of the Hollywood Improv, Jamie Clam. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Gatekeeper. It is a podcast that you're listening to right now, and it's about fucking booking and shit, man. Uh, I think you're going to love it if you haven't heard it before. And if you have heard it before, you know what you're getting into. I'm going to keep this one short and sweet. This is a fun, short episode featuring uh, an old friend of mine, a fantastic comic. His name is Ron Babcock. And we talk about all sorts of stuff, including meditation and things that comics can do and uh, all the usual tropes of the show and a special bonus. He knows the ins and outs of DIY tour planning for comedians And we're going to go through some great tips for all you comics out there who are wondering, how do I get on the road and produce my own tour and travel this great nation and perhaps other countries? You can go anywhere. One day, you'll probably be touring in space. Can you imagine going to a comedy club on Mars? Now that's going to be a weird heckling crowd. I mean, we've heard of people getting drunk and acting stupid, but Martians drinking space juice and talking shit up there? Ugh. Imagine having to deal with that. Luckily, we haven't uh, reached the point in technology where that is going to be an issue. So most of this conversation is going to focus on the contiguous 48 states. Uh, He did not go to Alaska or Hawaii, as far as I know. But you do need to understand that for Hawaii, it's going to require crossing an ocean. Uh, By the way, ocean is a very weird word. Take a look at it. Just stare at it. What a weird word, ocean. And um, Alaska, which... It's not contiguous. You have to get through parts of Canada, I believe, uh, looking at a map in my brain right now, to get to Alaska. But Seward's Folly, I'm sure many of you are familiar with that little folly that got us that great piece of land that was uh, at some point part of a land bridge that connected us to... (sighs) Don't know my continents. Anyway, you're going to enjoy this episode. We're going to get into a sound effect and then just going to launch in with Ron. Enjoy. I'm an alien. Gatekeeper. Ron Babcock, welcome to the GK. Oh, thanks, Jay Flam. Thank you. Uh, happy day to you. Thank you. Happy day to you. Uh, you're always a, a welcome, a welcome sight in a world that can be full of unwelcoming sights. Oh, that's <laughs> one of the nicest things I think anyone's ever said to me. Ah, um, I'm sorry, I did an ah thing. <laughs> Folks, a uh, little peeling back of the curtain, but it's it's early on a Friday afternoon, and as we all know in L.A., Thursday is a big night to get down. <laughs> so we're just waking up, or at least I'm just waking up. I got up early. Today. You did? Yeah. Tell me about that. I'm trying to do a new thing where I get up at like 7 a.m., so I get up at 8 a.m. <laughs> Are you then, a snoozer? Uh, yeah, I'm awful. I always uh, I set so many alarms on my uh, iPhone, and then it'll go off. And then the, so the repeat alarm goes off for each separate different alarm. And so I, my girlfriend can't stand it. But within an hour, I think I feel like you can still have a productive day. Yeah. Yeah. I, I still 8 a.m. for me. That's pretty early. So. And you do this seven days a week? Uh, Trying to, but I kind of give myself a little bit of a break on Saturday and Sunday. You know, it's like, yeah, you know, take catch up. But I'm trying to get up every day at the same time. Regardless of if you go to bed. At, yeah. And what time do you go to bed? Ah, see, I don't know. That always changes. 
I mean, I like to say like 11, but then it's like all of a sudden last night I was up till one thirty, quote, doing work. Really, I just was dicking around on the internet, finding just new ways to dick around that sure. I never even like. And then all of a sudden I look up and it's like almost 2 a.m. And I'm like, oh my God, Babcock, get it together. It's I not- feel like my whole life I've just been trying to get my shit together. Well, that's part of the reason I wanted to talk to you. A, you're a comedian and a friend that I've known for a long time. Very long. We've uh, had the same uh, struggles in productivity and we, or we've connected oh, yeah. on that. We've had a couple of, uh, we've had a couple of luncheons. <laughs> well, talking about uh, one of the, the themes was, I don't know if you remember this, but like uh, using uh, motivation and organization as a means to do everything but the work. Like, yeah. Uh, spending two hours organizing files productive procrastination productive procrastination like instead of um you know writing a script or something like that all of a sudden i'll like look at all these like i don't know tax or files just files and be like yeah i should i should get these in order and like i'm gonna scan them all and get them alphabetical and put folders and then at the end of the day you feel productive but really you didn't get the thing done that you were like you know supposed to get done no yeah it's, it's, my itunes Oh God! Is so. I mean, I have to make sure it's capitalized in the right. <laughs> All this stuff that you you're like, it looks good to look at it, but it's just means, means nothing. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. The only thing that means anything is just shipping a product. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Know, whether it's writing a joke, writing a set, writing a script. I've been trying yeah. to do. I've been doing a meditation now. Oh. That's like a thing, and that's like helping me actually. What is your technique? It's just uh, use an app. What on my phone that's my technique yeah, headspace oh headspace did you pay for headspace uh i did i actually i got i actually was like you know what i'm gonna pay for this and it wasn't I got, cheap it's not cheap it's, it's like ten dollars a month maybe it's like uh i think I, there was like a like i always google coupon code before i buy anything online so like i always find some deal you know uh but it would be like i don't know 80 bucks or something like that for for total or for the year for the year for the year not 80 bucks a month be 80 bucks for a year. I mean, I did the first 10. It was like really worked. I like it. It's actually really like pumped the brakes for me on uh running hot. You know, I'm like a way more calmer dude. Of course, like I've been doing it like three days in a row. And I talk about it like, oh, I meditate now. But like talk to me in a week to see if I, you know, stay on well, top of it. Yeah. My relationship with it is so up and down. Yeah. All the stuff that's good for me that I enjoy, that I like love, that I can't stop talking about. Yeah. I can't do it for more than five days in a row. Something, something gets in the way. Yeah. And it's like, so and when it's, when I, when I'm in it, like, I'm sure like, he's like, oh yeah, this is it. This is what makes me happy and productive. And then I'll throw it all away. Yeah. It's something happens. And then all of a sudden, fuck. Right. So Ron, give us the Babcock story. Oh God. I don't know. The quick version. I know we straight bearded white guy from Northeast Pennsylvania had a dream. I went to, um, uh, I started in Phoenix, Arizona of all places. Um, just, my buddy Ryan McKee and I started a magazine called Modest Proposal. It was a print mag mm. and it was about stand up. And we figured, well, we better do stand up to have like a little inkling. And that's kind of how it all started. And then after two years, we were like, we should probably move out of Phoenix. So we moved to LA and uh, he went to New York and came back. Uh, he works for the Late Late Show with James Corden now. And, you know, I'm, I've never left LA. I've been here for, I don't know, man, a while at this point. Like, Long enough where I don't like to say how long I've been here, mm-hmm. uh, but I like it. I still like it. It's uh, it's pretty fun. It's Are you from Phoenix? No, no, no. I grew up in uh, uh, like Scranton, Pennsylvania. Oh, yeah. But oh, so like I, the office. Yeah, that's the that's the one. Any of the characters based on you? 
No, but they actually get their local references spot on. Like Poor Richard's Pub and like all, all their, if you look behind Pam's desk, mm-hmm. there's all these like, you know, uh, a flag for the University of Scranton where I went to college. Like, I don't know, the Chamber of Commerce in Scranton, I think just sent them like an epic amount of stuff and they used it to address the set. So their local references, like perfect. That's why I brought you here. Fact check the office. Fact check, fact check season four of the office. But I, uh, I, don't, I used to do everything when I started out. I was like, I did like sketch, I did improv, stand up, writing for like, you know, online. And I pretty much had like a comedy nervous breakdown at about year five. I think that's about the, the typical year. And I just like, I uh, felt like I was like working harder than I've ever worked and just not getting anywhere. And at that point I got a job working on a cruise ship full of college students as like the video guy. And so I just left LA for like eight months and I went on this trip. I told no one that I did comedy. I did not talk about comedy. It was great. Um, I ended up doing stand up on the ship. And then afterwards, a bunch of people were like, you should really think about doing stand up. You're pretty, you're pretty good at this. So, but I came back to LA and at that point I just made a big list of everything that I was working on, you know, sketch, stand up, all the bullshit. And I took out a Sharpie and I just started crossing stuff off. So it's like sketch done, like improv, no. And then I just left myself with like a few things. And that's when I actually started to like improve, you know, where you have like friends come up to you and they're like, Hey man, um, like you were good before, but, um, you're like, <laughs> it's like that weird compliment. That's kind of a, not, you know no, what I mean? Like I, where I they're trying I, to say like, you got a lot better, but not trying to be shitty about it. I, I was one of those people. Yeah. <laughs> you know, coming from the comedy world and I knew you, I think early on from more of the sketch and improv scene. Mm-hmm. Um, but you headlined here or at least did like a 20 plus minute set, like probably a year or two ago. And just, yeah, it, yeah. it's one of the most rewarding parts of being a booker is when like Ron was good. <laughs> yeah. But, it, but whoa. Yeah. It's like, ah, I was, he figured some stuff out. Yeah. Yeah. That was actually at the end. That was the last show I did of my last big, um, little indie tour that I, uh, That's put right. together. Which we're going to get to in a minute. I want to talk about touring. But it just occurred to me, uh, the first time I think I ever went to the Hollywood Improv was because you had posted on Facebook that you were doing a show. with. I think you were opening or hosting for Thomas Lennon. Oh, yeah. I remember that show. And you're like, for free tickets, you know, hit me up. And I hit you up on Facebook. And you're like, yeah. I remember that. That was the first time you were here? I think that was my first time ever at the Hollywood Improv. And it's so funny seen full circle that's probably like seven years ago seven eight years ago and look at it and now you rule this place with an rule iron fist it. yep people cower in your wake but that, that was obviously a formative moment i, re- I just remember too like just seeing the, the improv she, bar she walked in show. you're like i have some ideas <laughs> well you did your your uh fire oh sticks. god the devil stick devil yeah sticks. the old <laughs> uh but it was a packed house and it was it was so cool and it was my first time at a, i think no i guess i've been in a comedy club in san francisco but first time at the hollywood improv and then seeing the bar afterwards and remember like it was like a who's who like that was a fun night yeah i remember that and it was cool it's always fun like kind of hanging out and then you know these like massive comics that you've always looked up to are just standing like mm-hmm. right there you know you could chat them up and it's a, it was a, definitely really cool when i first moved to la coming here it was like oh wow you know especially from phoenix where there wasn't too much of a scene mm-hmm. like we all the local comics there had built one but then you come out here and you're just like you just feel like you're hanging out like you know and you're going from AAA to the pros. Truly. I mean, and I, I've missed that bar now. I mean. Oh, yeah, I know. The, 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 the classic old bar. I mean, it's come a long way since they originally redid it. But I'm such a, I'm such a stickler for old stuff. I'm just like, ah, if it works, keep, keep it the way it is. Yeah. Like for everything. Me too. But um, yeah, I know. We're both like little romantics for the, 
the, the years that have nostalgia. passed. Nostalgia. Oh, God. Oh, baby. Nostalgia poured all over me. <laughs> so Old Hollywood tours. Oh, I'm the first guy in line. Have you done that? Uh, yeah. A couple of them. <laughs> I'm always like dragging people. Isn't this cool? <laughs> I love that kind of shit. Yeah, I got to do more of that. Turns out there's a lot of history here. And uh, if you're a big a fan of bit. entertainment. Uh, yeah, if you like movies, there's mm-hmm. a little bit. Love movies. <laughs> so, Ron. Yeah. You, uh, uh, you wrote an article mm-hmm. on the internet. <laughs> Self-published. Self-published called Ben's It Like Babcock 2014. How to guide. Uh, basically, I've... Uh, I forget the name of it. It's like an indie, like a how a how to guide for how to book your own like indie stand up tour. Yeah, it's about how how to guide your own DIY stand up tour. So I wanted to talk to you. I think that's uh, something that a lot of comics think of as you know a, a, this crazy gate. How am I going to go on a tour? Yeah, absolutely. So- I mean, I um basically in 2014 uh, I got sponsored by my friend's uh, Mercedes company he has a company called Mercedes Motoring where he restores vintage Benz mercedesmotoring.com and I was telling him about this tour that I was going to do and he's like dude you should take one of my cars I was like and I, I felt really nervous about taking like you know a 40 year old car on the road because I was like going to do this like cross country you know tour yeah and he's like just do it and I was like all right and so he ended up like quote sponsoring me and he gave me a car to drive and I set up a about 3 month tour I think I did like 32 cities and 84 shows I drove like about 12,000 miles from like LA to New York and back and looking at it like at the end you're like holy shit like that's a lot but really it um it I thought about it for like a really long time before I did it cuz I knew I, I've seen people who went out on the road and they're still kind of planning what they're doing while out on the road. And I, I wanted to have everything done before I left so that when I left, I could just enjoy it, you know, cause I love road trips. I love eating at weird places and just, just seeing what's out there. And so I basically just approached it where there were a couple cities that I had like contacts, you know, and that I had worked before, like, you know, clubs and stuff. Like I knew I had Minneapolis. I knew a ton of people, Phoenix. I knew a ton of people. New York. And so I would just set things up there and I got a big map and a big Sharpie and I just would be like, okay, San Diego, Phoenix. Uh, and I know that one dude in Albuquerque. Okay. I could do that. And then Minneapolis. And then I just looked at the map and I looked at the cities in between and I just reached out to the comics who were from that particular city on the pathway or that state. And I just was like, Hey, uh, you know, what are the, like, what are the shows? And so my tour at that time was a mix of just like a mishmash of everything, like indie shows, bar rooms, black box theaters, a couple of small colleges. I did like one club. Um, but a lot of it was just, you know, like a living room shows, just real weird shit. And I just kept slowly but surely, I kept like kind of filling in the dates and filling in the dates. And uh, yeah, and all of a sudden I looked back and I was like, holy shit, I think I was planning on going out for like six, like four to six weeks. And I looked back and I was like, oh my God, I... I'm going to be out for three months. And I'm really glad I was out for that long. It almost like broke me as mm-hmm. a person, but it's also like, I feel like it, it definitely improved me like immeasurably as a comedian. You wouldn't be using meditation apps. No, I wouldn't be doing the headspace. Yeah. I mean, I didn't even know if they had it back then. Probably not. Yeah. So it's, it seems like this impenetrable thing. Like how would you set up this tour? And that makes perfect sense. By the way, you love Sharpies. I love it. I love thick, sharp, <laughs> Sharpie <laughs> markers. Just crossing. Big fan off. of markers. Pencils, keep walking. I want a nice, and I love those like little Sharpies with the thin 
point. Sure. Oh, those are the fancy ones. Those cost like $4 each. You heard it here first, folks. Sharpies come in different sizes. <laughs> so how long had you been doing stand-up when you decided a tour? Uh, I guess like maybe, oh, geez, how long was that? I don't know. Maybe like like 11 years or something like that. And I had done like a bunch before. Um, I'd gone on like little like two week or three week or, or just a ton of little tours before uh, with friends or even on my own. But this one was the first one where like I really just dropped my shoulder into it. And I was like, all right, I want to like do this right. So phase one is you need to get dates and yeah. places to perform on a tour. That would make it better if you had those. How'd you do it? Um, Facebook messages. I would honest, I would, first things first is, um, you know, comics are from hometowns, you know, you usually know the scene there. You could set up a show there. So the trick is just setting up shows and places you already know. Okay. I don't know any places. What do I do? Uh, well, you have friends who are comics and they're your greatest resources. And those comics all come from different places. So you want to go to San Francisco, you know, a comic from San Francisco, ask them, Hey man, what are the shows in San Francisco? Um, and then you could reach out to the bookers there. And I'd say when you reach out, like, don't be the dude who's just like, yo, I want to do your show. Like, you know, be polite, uh, be professional. You could drop your credits. Oh man, I don't have any credits. Do you have things that you're proud of? You know, like you could drop, do you do a podcast? Do you run your own show here? Um, you just say, I'm, you know, do shows all around town. Uh, but the thing is, if you hit someone up and they don't know who you are, and even if you have a friend who's vouching for you, you still need to send a link to a tape, uh, which is easy, you know, just send them a YouTube link, not a joke like a whole set, mm -hmm. uh, you know, something like five to seven, 10 minutes, but send something that you're like, you're proud of, you know, that you're like, this is a good tape and not like, don't make apologies for it. If you don't have a tape that looks good and sounds good and you feel like represents what you do very well, then, you know, like don't do the road yet. Like get that locked and loaded first. Like don't go out until, you know, you feel ready for it. So you send that out you know, see what, what happens. You know, you're probably not going to get paid gigs. You know, you might get guest spots and shows, but that's a start. You go do those shows, you know, you establish a relationship. So the next time, you know, it's much easier to book a show. Uh, but I did everything on Facebook as much as possible, just because it keeps like, you know, a record of the conversations in the chat, which can be useful when you're contacting like dozens upon dozens of bookers. Um, if you're, you know, let's say you want to do a show in like Chattanooga, and you don't know anybody in Chattanooga and you don't have any friends from Chattanooga. I just would go to Facebook and type Chattanooga comedy. And it's just like a little bit of sleuthing. You could kind of figure out what the local scene is like. And you just, you know, send a message, be polite. I'm coming through. Looks like a cool city. I'd like to do a show. Do you have any recommendations? And sometimes they will, sometimes they won't. Um, but I find like once you do it, uh, once you go out and people see who you are and you do a good job, booking becomes infinitely easier because then they're just excited that you're coming back and they're like, Oh my gosh. Yeah, absolutely. And they'll help set up a show for you. So it's hard in the beginning. Um, but it gets easier as you keep doing it because people know who you are and they like what you do and you're not a dick. And you have to specify like, I'm willing to do 10 minutes to 45 minutes. Oh, I mean, I mean, it kind of like, it depends if, yeah, if you say, Hey, I'm looking for like a one nighter, like, and you know, like a special show I've, I've gone in and be like, Hey, listen, I'm just, you know, I would love to do like a one nighter, but if there's already an established show in town, like sometimes you can hop on that as like the headliner for the night. And it's a fun thing for the show. Cause they have like, you know, they have something like a traveling comic coming through who's been on yada, yada. Mm -hmm. Um, I know a lot of people have like questions about like money, like how much do you charge? And it just ranges. Um, 
I mean, I would get paid from anywhere from like 50 bucks to a show to like 250, um, sometimes higher, but mostly it fell within that range. The more credits you get, you know, if you get a couple of Conans under your belt, like you can start to charge more and more and more because, you know, those help put butts in seats. Yep. You know, the more recognizable credits, it's basically telling the audience member like, oh, so this guy was good enough for Conan. Okay. All right. You know, so the more credits you have, the higher you can charge. And this is all for indie rooms and all for DIY stuff, you know, like just doing things on your own. I mean, clubs, that's a totally separate ball game. It's actually something I actually want to get. I started out in clubs and I want to get back into clubs. So I don't have to do so much of this logistical stuff because the club's a club. Yep. You show up. They got the audience, they got the stage, boom, bam. You know, you don't need to worry about anything else. If you told me when I first started stand-up how much administration skills would play into it, I, I wouldn't have believed you. And I don't, I'm not sure I actually would, would have done it. But so much of stand-up is just fucking logistics. Mm-hmm. And it's really stressful because you're, you're booking shows and then, you know, you're doing a Tuesday in Omaha so you could get to your Wednesday show in Iowa City. And then the dude in Iowa City is like, oh, no, actually, shit. Sorry, man. The, our show's on a Tuesday. And you're like, well, fuck, I can't do like, it. Like, so it's just so much of that. Mm-hmm. And I think the I'm always like in that, art, that article that I wrote, like I'm a big fan of um, tips, like real hardcore tips that people could like use, you know, like in the planning. Hot tip number one, Google Doc. Brandy Posey is the one who uh, learned, got, got me hip to this, was just a Google Doc. And you just line, like, you know, every row is a different date, and you just put, you know, the day and then the venue, the address, the contact, what your pay is, how long your set's supposed to be, all of it. And once you put it in a Google Doc, you could look at it from your phone and you just don't need to do that thing where you're like, fuck, where is this place? And you spend like the 20 minutes yeah. looking through the shitty email app on your iPhone or whatever, trying to dig up this little information and just put everything in one place. And that way, when you leave, it's like, okay, I know where the information is. It's backed up to the cloud. It's safe. And it was so helpful. It took a lot of the stress out of the road because I think the road can be really stressful if you don't. You can make it stressful or you can kind of like figure all this stuff out before you leave. So again, when you get out there, you could just enjoy what you're doing. And it's really, really fun. Like it's just the shows are great, but just the drive and like Mm -hmm. the road trips and like just discovering things. It's it's like it was one of my favorite things. I'm glad I'm going to be doing it again and I can't wait. How long... um into someone's career at what point in someone's career do you think they should hit the road versus you know maybe going when you've only been doing a couple years and i think you should hit the road whenever you're you can you know i think it's just good training to get out of especially if you're in like a super like hip zip code like williamsburg or you know you're here in la it can especially in like the it can get a little insular you know a lot of like reference-based comedy Mm -hmm. um where it can kill, but it's like, no, take that shit out on the road. See what works. I mean, I think it's great to go out whenever you can. I mean, you don't need to do like this huge long thing, but you know, you're all from somewhere. You could go home. You could set up a little string of shows in your home state. You know, people have always wanted to see you perform. Like, you know, it's, if you could get 20 people out, you have a show and it's just, it's going to be fun for them. It's going to be fun for you. Well, I guess the question is, is there, are you shooting yourself in the foot if you go out too early into your career where how many, how much time and material? I see what you you're saying. Um, I think if, you know, if you have like a solid, like 10 and 20 
that you really believe in. It's, I think you, you could definitely go to like uh, bigger markets like a San Francisco or a Denver or an Austin or Chicago, you know, and you can get showcase sets around town. So a lot of times when I would go to like Chicago, I wasn't getting like headlining sets, you know, I would be there for a week and I would just get little showcase sets, but I, and you, you're not going to make a lot of money, you know? Yeah. You maybe get 20 bucks or like a couple of drink tickets. You're not going to make money, but I loved, I just wanted to see Chicago. I wanted to experience that scene. And so I would go there and then I would like, you know, leave Chicago. I'd do like Iowa city or Cleveland or, you know, Scranton and I would do headlining sets there and, and make money. Mm-hmm. So I, I loved going to different scenes when I was like kind of starting out. To me, it was like this weird little comedy vacation. But really, that's what like, uh, that's what are great about like little festivals. And I know comics will bitch and complain, you know, festivals cost money. But I always kind of look at them as like these little comedy vacations that are tax write-offs. I don't know if com- comedians are so like, dude, like anything you spend on comedy, write that shit off on your taxes. It's, it takes a little bit of like foresight, you know, mm-hmm. but like get an app, take a picture of the receipt, you're done, give it to an accountant, do it yourself at the end of the year and like just save yourself hundreds of dollars will come back to you. Like it's like little things like that that I think, uh, I don't know, I think a lot of people don't do that. I'm just like, dude, you're just throwing away money, man. Bonus hot tip. Yeah, we gotta have you come back and just do talk about taxes. I'm so fucking frugal. That's a nice way of saying cheap. I don't I think that's It's because I don't have a lot of money. If I had a lot of money, I'd be, when I have money, I'm like, Oh God, I'm like Uncle Ronnie all over the place. I'm constantly buying people lunches. That's probably why I don't have a lot of money. Yeah. So when I get it, I'm a little I'm a little loosey goosey with it. But you said um I mean in the article it says um breaking even on a tour like this is is that should be the goal. Or- I uh I made one dollar. Like I'm like you know me, I'm like a crazy, hyper, super organized dude. I mean, I'm I like took a picture of every single receipt, all that shit. I cataloged how much money I made from shows how much money I made from merch after every show, put it in that little Google doc, just punched it in on my phone, kept track of everything. I literally made $1. Which you probably put into the parking meter to, to yeah, come here. It's just like the whole thing, like it was a $1. Like that's what I made. And, and I did good. I, um, the other big thing I would say is like, if you definitely got to like sell merch and I know some comics just hate that idea and I totally get it because I've seen that there's nothing sadder than watching just, schlepping your CD after a show. Just like, you guys, it's $10. It's really like, you kind of have to kill the part of you that cares. But I actually, um, I actually like grew up going to like punk shows and ska shows and shit like that. So I kind of loved merch because there was always a table in the back full of like buttons and stickers and t-shirts. And I always thought that stuff was cool. So I actually had a lot of fun putting my merch together. And I think a lot of comics um, hate merch because most of it, to be honest, is fucking awful. It's just terrible. It's like the, a, a terrible joke on a shitty t-shirt. And it's like, you don't have to do that though. You can, you're creative. Like you can come up with something cool. And that's the whole thing. It's like, all you want to do is just come up with something that somebody either wants to wear or hang up or listen to. And like, you get to decide what that is and you don't need a ton of stuff. You know, you just have a cool show poster that you sell for like $5, you know, or like a koozie and a, it gets you money. Right. Which is good. You know, it just fills the gas tank. It's that practical. But also a lot of times like people after a show, like they like what you're doing because you're doing something that some people in the audience kind of want to do, maybe not specifically stand up, but they just like, they just think it's cool that you're like, did this tour on your own and they want to support you. 
So like they want to, and they'll do that by buying your merch. They want to be like, I like what you're doing. Like, here's three bucks. Give me a koozie. And it's like, it's fun for them. I mean, I've had dudes come up who just like, like, listen, man, I don't, I don't want that t-shirt, but just here's 20 bucks. And you're like, that's the coolest thing, you know, because they see what you're doing and you're just, you're doing it because you're not to make money because, you know, because you love doing it. Yeah, I think I was when I think about the cheesy aspect. Like the, you think of the catchphrase comics from the '90s that were like, "Here's my picture, my one like uh, cool guy." Yeah, you remember the cool oh, guy? Cool comic? guy comic killed it. <laughs> he did a couple stadiums. Well, yeah, I mean that is, what was his peak. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, I mean in this day and age, and you you um, you know, there's so many awesome artists, and I feel like you know the hippest shows in LA. But you'll you'll get that poster, and you know there, there's been this. Uh, Fusion of awesome graphic designers and I think it's gotten better. Like the stigma isn't there as much anymore just because like the stuff is cool now. Because it's just people like you have graphic designers who are really talented and they just make these awesome images. And so it's like not as like lame. Because some of the stuff before was just like, oh my God. Like just I saw so many comics. And there's stuff like, I don't want to do that. Mm -hmm. Like I never want to do that. But I don't mind like I like my merch and it's you know, it keeps the gas tank full. I love it. So you have three more hot tips. Oh yeah. Oh, let's see. What was the other one? Get, uh, whatever. This is a big one. Um, hot tip number two, get square or your preferred credit card processing device. Uh, get a little credit card processor, PayPal square. I don't know whatever they have. I have square, but like, and people would be like, yeah, but they take a cut. It's like, yeah, 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 they do. But that's a, like money that you otherwise would not have made. Like, so when I went out, I remember like 50% of what I sold after shows, like was from a credit card thing. And the nice thing was that that money went straight into my bank account and not my hand, which was great to have like otherwise people would give me money. Directly into the, the jukebox. Exactly. Oh, <laughs> the jukebox. But it was nice just to like have like, so people would pay you cash and I would live off of that cash. So I would try not to use my credit card at all. And then the money would go into my bank account and I would use that to pay down the cost of like the initial upfront cost of like the merch shit, which for t-shirts could be like crazy expensive. Like um, even, especially if you get nice ones, which I like, I mean, I charged, I charged 20 bucks for my shirt, but so I wanted to get like top of the line, like, you know, super nice. But um, I'd say get one of those. That's like a a huge help. And uh, another merch tip. This is the most important one of all. Hot tip number three. Uh, roll up your t-shirts with a colored rubber band. Um, it's really annoying. I learned this after the first show where like when people want a small and you have a whole thing full of black t-shirts and you're digging through trying to find a, a small, just roll up the shirts and colored rubber bands. You know, yellow means small, blue means medium, red means large, whatever. And then you just pull it out and give it to them because like there's only a finite time where people will stick around to like talk to you. If you're talk to a bunch if like if you can't like people just leave so you just like you know and I remember people were like I thought a lot about the merch only because I was like I don't want to I don't want comedy to put me in debt you know what I mean like I love doing it but I didn't want to come back from this tour in debt because of it so I, I worked my ass dollar yeah so I made one dollar and that's like to me and to all my friends it was a very successful tour only because I didn't spend a fuck ton of money to do it any other hot tips um i did i wrote i wrote one down they're all in the article but hot tip number four don't expect anyone to provide you with anything 
I didn't stay in hotels. I, I stayed in like a hotel once every three weeks. But don't expect comics to like have anything for you. Like comics will have like a pillow and a blanket, but it, it's their pillow and it's their blanket. And you can't expect to like, so have all your stuff. Like yeah, I actually brought an air bed. So all I needed was like a bit of floor space. And it, it sounds weird to like, to like really think about this, but you're only like as good as like, if you're getting shitty sleep for three months in a row, like you're going to be an awful, cranky, cantankerous, like comic and you're just not going to have fun. So it's like, you need, like, you're going to be drinking so much. You're going to be smoking a lot. You're going you're to be eating garbage. You're sitting like all day, every day driving. You get into the show. You don't have time to shower. You do the show. Like you got to give yourself that gift of just like a couple hours of good sleep. And like, people are like, we got a couch. Oh my God, I slept on so many shitty couches. Like, and so you get to a point where you're like, I'm just going to buy a nice $80 air bed. And then you sleep on that every night and it's nice. And you wake up feeling somewhat refreshed and you can just, you know, do it again. And bring your own blankets and pillow. Yeah. I brought, I think, I think I actually just brought like a sheet and a, a, a pillow. I didn't bring the blanket because I honestly didn't have room. I took way too much stuff in the beginning. I ended up being like, I don't need half of this shit. What didn't you need? I don't know, like a like a suit coat, like uh, my workout shoes. <laughs> like, I every trip I've ever gone on, oh, I'm going to be hitting the gym and doing. And they sit in my bag. I'm going to go hiking. I am going to go hiking. <laughs> and I, you know, I'm going to bring. Uh, I'm doing a tour at the end of the month. I'm going to bring my hiking shoes because I, I still think I'm like I'm just going to I'm going to go to like a national park for a day and I'm going to go hiking. And it's just it never happens. Boots. <laughs> and then. Yeah. Oh, and uh, what was the other thing? Oh, the final thing uh, that I, and this is probably the most helpful bit of advice is hot tip number five. Put all your marketing stuff, headshot bio into a shareable folder on Google Docs or Dropbox, whatever you want. So you got your, you got your Google Doc with your, your cities that you're going to and all the info is um, set another thing up on Google or uh, Dropbox, whatever sharing thing you like. And just have all your stuff there, like your bio, your resume, your headshot, your tour flyer, other like high res photos. Because you'll have people who like reach out to you like two weeks before the show and be like, hey, man, can you like send me some stuff? Because like there's like a little weekly that wants to run a, a thing on the show. And you could spend time like in a 7-Eleven trying to find Wi-Fi so you can email all this stuff. Or you can just send this dude a link and be like, everything is here. Because once you're on the road and, and you're in the middle of it, like you don't want to be spending time doing that logistical stuff. So like have all that stuff there in a link and then people can just check that and take everything. And it just cuts out like 30 back and forth emails. I also did everything on Facebook as much as possible just to keep it off my email. Cause like Facebook for as annoying as it is, I like that it keeps a thread. Mm-hmm. So if I forget something like the time for the show and I, I don't know, I don't have it written down in that doc. I can just go back to that Facebook message, scroll up and be like, oh, 7 p.m. So like, I'm I'm just full of like weird little logistical tips. This is my life. This is the type of stuff I think about is just this kind of weird little things that you can do to make your life not stressful. You should be the logistical comic. Yeah. Oh, and that's yeah. your t-shirt. Uh, show always starts uh, on time, just right on time. I love logistics guy. I, uh, I, do, I do like that kind of stuff. And I do like passing it on so people... Cause it can be so stressful. And I used to do tours like that where it's just like, it's just kind of like, 
it, people think it's fun, but when you get right down to it, it's like just kind of stressful and it's not that much fun. So like I try and just do all the work beforehand. So then like you can actually just have fun. Well, I think people will really appreciate this. If people haven't seen this article and they're thinking about doing a trip, what is the URL? Um, if you go to heyron.com, I'll put a link to it on my front page. Also, you can see I'm going out on another tour at the July 19th, I leave. And I'm going out just for a month uh, to August 19th. I'm headed to Austin uh, to record my first ever CD with Sure Thing Records. Awesome. And so I thought it would be, well, I better do a tour, get back into like, you know, fight and wait. And so I'm going to be hitting up, um, let's see, like Phoenix and um, de- a ton of cities in Denver, Austin, of course. And then I'm going to be going out and doing the laugh, your Asheville off, off festival, and then hitting up a bunch of places on the way back in like Nashville and I don't know, Omaha. And uh, or I don't know, I'm still setting up a ton of stuff, but I'll have everything at HeyRon.com. So if you're in the area, you know, come out, check out a show. We could talk logistics. You're going to love Ron. Be sure to check him out on his upcoming tour and check out his new CD on Sure Thing Records. There you go. Bonus hot tip. I just like the tips of Sharpies. I don't know. There's something very satisfying about them. Double bonus hot tip. I mean, I, you could use a pencil if you don't have a Sharpie. Or a pen. I don't know. It's your life. Triple bonus hot tip. You know, Spotify is worth the 10 bucks a month. But then when you get home, cancel. Quadruple deluxe hot tip. You gotta eat kale. It's a superfood, guys. I know it's a little annoying, but it's good for you. I think we got it. Thanks for coming, and I would love for you to come back. Yeah, man, thanks for having more me. Tips. It was fun. Sweet. I'll give you more tips. I love it. And um, remember to work on your craft endlessly. Be a professional. Be undeniable. And be cool as fuck always. <laughs>